Hey everybody, welcome to episode 107 of the Up for Discussion podcast. We got a special treat today. I'm Tom Zlatni and I'm alone, but I'm not alone. I've got three people with me. They're all guests. They're all part of the Hipster Cafe this Sunday at 8.30 p.m. at Montreal Improv. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, hi, I'm Andy. <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Kiri, and I'm very honored to be on the 107th uh, uh, episode of the oh, podcast. No, I'm honored too. I just <laughs> didn't, I forgot to say it, but I'm super honored. Damn it, Andy. <laughs> Anyhow, hi, I'm Gabriel. I'm just as honored. Thank you for having us all here. It's fun. It's been fun so far. It's really good to have you guys. Really good to have you guys here in the studio tonight. The last 20 seconds have been amazing. It's been a really good start. I really like your podcast voice. Thanks so much. This isn't the voice I really use. This is Midnight Sexy Voice. This is Midnight Sexy Voice. Hello, everyone. Everybody, welcome. Thank you for having us. I'm really glad you could come. Guys, we're all part of a big show this weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was like, it'd be really fun if I just got a bunch of people together and did a podcast to promote it. And so we're here. Yeah. Andy's directing. Yes. And producing and hosting as my alter ego... Uh, the Pulitzer Prize-winning poet A.M. Swalson. A.M. Swalson. Yep. Uh, it's going to be good. We've got a jazz band with Michael Johansik and Stefan. I forgot his last name. Sorry, <laughs> Stefan. Not Stefan Speck. No, but it's going to be great. Sweet. Kiri, uh, you will be doing poetry, yeah? You're the director, so whatever you tell me to do, I will gladly do. Um, I think I, all three of you guys are going to be honest poets, so we're going to have um, improvised spoken word poetry. Basically, it's a show for anyone who just uh, loves to make fun of pretentious art. <laughs> um, who else? We also have Laura Flynn and I think Ezra Bridge are going to be doing interpretive dance this time. Sweet. That's going to be a new addition. During the poetry? Uh, we haven't worked it out yet. <laughs> I think, yeah, I want it to flow more organically this time. So I'm going to be stepping back from hosting and we're really going to have the music, uh, the poetry, the improv and the dancing somehow uh, very cohesively meshing together. Sweet. Yeah, you look confused. <laughs> well, I'm not confused as much as since it's a hipster cafe, I thought I would actually I'm we're introducing ourselves right now, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm Kiri, but I want to talk about the hipster thing some more in a bit. Okay. And I'm just going to, I'm going to be performing this Saturday at the hipster cafe. Yeah. Sunday. What do you mean you want to talk? Sunday is what I meant to say. Yeah, it's on Sunday, and uh, which is Mother's Day. So we've got this awesome special deal where moms get in for free, uh, as well as uh, members of the Montreal Improv uh, Theater. Um, oh, Many also, of whom are moms. Many of whom are. Are there a lot of moms? Would you say many? No. <laughs> I yeah. feel like we've got a lot of dads. Are there? There's many? like a good number of dads. Yeah. Well, we salute the moms and dads of Montreal Improv on the show. I'm not doing a show on Father's Day, so sorry, dads <laughs> of Montreal Improv. I've never done a show on Father's Day. When's Father's Day? How is he going to know that you're, I don't know, how are you going to know if he's proud of you? I don't have a dad. You don't have a dad? <laughs> Oh, it's always fun dropping that one on people who don't know that yet. Yeah, sorry, my bad. No, it's totally fine. I it, whatever. It was one of those you know hit and run situations, mm. dine and dash kind of you know. Oh, yeah. Tom was doing a weird hand motion as he was saying that, so it's one of these. Most of you can't see that. It's kind of like swim a kind of like a little fish swimming. Yeah, I mean that's basically what it was like. like Serpenty. Yeah. Yeah. One fish swam away and one fish swam to the womb. I'm sorry. Well, well, <laughs> is, is, that a, is that like a childhood song of yours? Uh, no, I don't know. Okay, it's just wondering because it kind of had that lullaby uh, ring to it. No, I just sing things when I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Boy. So uh, Kiri's pointing at me. It looks like a... Two, two people pointing at me. Three people. Okay. Oh, hits on. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was lucky and... Happy to be part of the uh, first iteration of the Hipster Cafe uh, under the alter ego of Siggy Stardust. You did a great job. You did two po- you did two poems in one. You had like two different characters telling two different poems. Yeah, yeah. I felt like just being on stage there was like all on your own. Kind of gives you like a lot of like mental space to just experiment to just see where your own words take you. Hmm. 
And uh, this time, you know, I come even more prepared. I've been reading uh, Jack Kerouac's On the Road. No, you haven't. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm all about just uh, this guy's lifestyle of traveling America, bumming around. And that's really everything that happens in the book. So I'm all about that, of course. Sweet. You've been traveling. Yes. <laughs> all yes. over the place. You've been bumming. That's right. I've been bumming, you know, uh, all the way from uh, the plateau all the way to uh, this neighborhood. You know, it's it's been a good. That's a good like seven kilometer bum. <laughs> seven kilometer bum. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a starter bum. You know, I'm not Jack Kerouac. You know, I gotta I gotta do little bumps before I make my way up to to the big bumps. Hmm. Yeah. What about you guys? Have you guys uh, ever felt like bums bumming? I've been mostly bumming this one neighborhood for a really long time. It's I was bumming around Toronto last week. Yeah. I went there for a conference and then I stuck around and didn't, I don't know, I was just like stuck there for a week with nothing to do, just like couch surfing. What was the conference for? Uh, it was the Toronto Screenwriting Conference. Oh, nice. Which mm. is super awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Paul Haggis is a douche, though. I just want to, that's something I wanted to put on recorded. There we go. Information there. Let's hear more. Let's hear, let's hear your angry feelings uh, about Paul. No, no, I don't want to. I'm like just finally getting over it. He was okay. basically, okay, so there was this one panel on the female gaze. So it was an all-women panel about women in the industry telling stories. Super wonderful. Um, and then like Paul Haggis just walks on stage while the woman's giving her speech. And he just sits there in the middle of the panel before all the women come out. And he's just like staring at the woman giving the introduction who's already super nervous. And then she's like gets completely derailed by the fact that Paul Haggis is just like creepily sitting in the middle and staring at her. Why was he there? I know because it's a female gaze panel. My thoughts exactly. Who is this person? Paul Haggis, uh, he won uh, two Academy Awards for uh, Crash and Million Dollar Baby. Oh, so he's a bad writer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wrote I wrote a survey. Uh, they had like a little survey afterwards, and I was like, by the way, Crash sucked. Anyway, he did his own uh, his own like interview after. It was like the big closing night thing. Hmm. Paul Haggis is a Canadian um, writer-director. And uh, anyway, it's basically just about his life and how he's a, a huge asshole. And uh, yeah, it was uninspiring. That, by the way, is the extent of most of my knowledge when it comes to like anything, uh, you know, just anything like celebrities, actors, directors. I just don't know stuff. Yeah, I didn't really know anything about Paul Haggis. I was kind of, I wasn't, I literally wasn't a big fan of the movies, but I was like, you know, I'll give this guy a chance. Sure, yeah. He won mm -hmm. Academy Awards. He's coming to speak. I paid, you know, several hundred dollars to listen to him. Uh, and yeah, no, was not a fan. Yeah. So. Tell your friends. Paul Haggis is a douche. <laughs> That'll be the title of this episode. Yes, great. <laughs> so did you spread the word? Did you like? Did you get a lot out of that conference apart from you know? Yeah, that there was thing? Um, there was a lot of really great stuff. Oh, one thing that I really liked. Um, so I haven't watched it yet, but the Beaverton they have a show now. Mm. Um, and so what they did was like a punch up. So they had everybody. Uh, well, not the whole writing staff, but most of the writing staff there, and they had three of their sketches that they were working on, and they just, like, went through it and did, like, an actual, like, writing room session and just, like, punched out the jokes and stuff, so that was really fun oh, sweet. Uh, to watch that in action. Um, yeah, but, and we had, uh, there was some producers from the United States as well talking about the industry there. It was all kinds of stuff. It was pretty great. That sounds really cool, yeah. Yeah. Were you there as a, like as a guest? Were you participating in any of these events? How was your level of interaction with the conference? Uh, full full participant. Um, I just went there as like an aspiring writer trying to get a job in a writer's room, so just wanted to go. My mother went last year and recommended it to me. And uh, if anyone's yeah interested in um, the writing industry, it's predominantly uh, television based as well. So if you're looking sure. into television writing, it's a very very good conference. That's really cool. Yeah, I might have to check that out next year. I have not been paid by the conference to promote the conference. No, fair just enough. FYI, <laughs> I'm not paid to promote anything. Yeah, me neither. I'm working on it. I can leave a couple of bucks on the way out. Yes, <laughs> our first tip. Um, now that you mentioned the Beaverton. Uh, I was just thinking about how I'd lately been following a lot of uh, sites like that, like the Viverton, uh, The Onion, of course, Clickhole, and this really good, it's almost like satire of Cosmopolitan called Reductress. Yeah, re oh, I love the Reductress. Ugh. And for me, what I like about them is that with the news these days being, you know, 
obviously increasingly getting to the political places. Dark and depressing and... Yeah. You can't tell what satire is anymore from the real. Yeah, I'm getting oh to that God, point where so like true. I can't tell. I'm sorry, I stole your thunder. The, no, that's okay. I want to share the thunder. Like we're all today, we're all gods of lightning, just passing thunder uh, all is around. Is this where we have like sound effects of like <laughs> like thunderstorm? <laughs> yes, wrong one. That's, that's all right. I've been waiting for the moment where I'm in the room where the air horn happens. What's the air horn for? Um. So. Long ago, when we were first doing this podcast, for the first, like, several months, we would have, like, sort of a freestyle section toward the end of it, where we would put on a beat and rap over it. Uh, it was terrible, so we, we scrapped it. Um, but the result is Bring that I, back. you know, ever since then, I've had, like, an air horn button on my phone, and it comes in handy from time to time. One time I was at the theater, and a couple of people were hanging around at the back after a show, and uh, I heard one of them say, like, oh, this would be a really good time for a rap air horn. I was like, I can fucking do that. <laughs> you were the hero. I was. That was particularly because I remember somebody else pulling out their phone and also blowing their air horn on the phone. So you had a little like... We had an air horn battle. Is this an app that already exists on the phone? Yep. It's uh, the Instant Rap Air Horn app. <laughs> I need to pay more attention to my phone. It's good. Instant Rap Air Horn? If anyone would like to. Oh, Try it out. Oh, no, no. You I always first. wanted to, ever since I listened to this podcast. Okay. I, there's a bit of a delay. <laughs> it's not my favorite. So you have to anticipate your need to push the... That's it. To push it. It works really well, like, if I know that I'm about to drop some truth, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? What's the guy's name? Oh, Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, you just have to time <laughs> it really well. I like it. The, uh, the, the air horn really, like, cements the point you're making. That's it, yeah. It's like a uh, bold underlining. So you could say <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you could say anything, and if you had an air horn at the and if you had an air horn at the end, it just sounds more truth. Does it? It just makes me think I'm like in a sports arena, and then I have to like look around to make sure I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a really like that's a really specific like anxiety to have about life. Yeah. Every once I, in a while, I feel like I'm in a sports arena. I just, yeah. Mm. I don't know. It's like everything I don't like. <laughs> when, when somebody says sports arena, what kind of stadium, what kind of sport do you guys imagine? I always think baseball first. Arena? Yeah. It's, uh, it's different. If you say oh. if you say stadium, um, I think of baseball. But if you say arena, I think of hockey. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's how I kind of parse those as well. That's true. That Both makes more sense. equally terrifying. Yeah, I guess growing up for me, growing up in South America, the first thing I think of is a soccer stadium. Ah, uh, yeah. Did you watch a lot of soccer in Argentina? Oh, so much. Um, growing up too, you know, there were two big, big teams in the country, uh, River Plate and Boca Juniors. Mm -hmm. And you were either cheering for one team or you were cheering for the other. Were there like big brawls? Do people like fight each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It got pretty violent, like. Riots. Really? Yeah. Don't they separate the This people? is why sports gives me anxiety. That's <laughs> insane. Don't they separate the fans in the stadium? Uh, that's like, a good question. In, in different sections? So they do, but then you got the, you know, the intermissions and what happens after the stadium when everybody gets funneled into the exit. Oh. Yeah, that's like a little death hallway. Yeah, tensions are high. A little punch tunnel. <laughs> Yeah, where do we go from there? A little scrap tube. Scrap tube. Improv has a lot of scraps. <coughs> yeah, we get in fights all the time. Absolutely. Who are you? Who are you fighting with? Joe Conto. Yeah. What? When? Uh, Joe and I. It's uh, no holds barred. Kiri and Joe have a decades-long feud. It all started in 1992. Flashback. <laughs> <laughs> when only he and I were alive. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, the primordial man, Joe and Kerry. <laughs> they had the task between the two of them to, you know, create the whole human race. Let's stop this right here. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So tell us more about the show coming up. Well, actually, I was going to ask you because you said I want to talk about hipster some more. And I was curious oh, yeah. as oh, oh. to what that was all about. Yes. Okay. So I live... 
um, on Van Horn. Okay. And uh, I don't want this to be an ad for this place because I don't want this place to succeed. But there's <laughs> like one of those like hipster bar slash barber shops that Ooh, just opened up like right. four blocks away from me. And I'm like, like, fuck me. Like, like, you know, I don't want that in my neighborhood. It's like, I'm happy with the Starbucks. It's okay. I've accepted the Starbucks. Uh, Van Horn and what? They will just give more. Uh, it, it's, anyway, it's oh, bad. sorry. We don't people, want to find people the place. People will go to the I just feel shop. like you're, you're reaching territory where you kind of have to expect that to happen at this point. Uh, it's true. I just, I don't need to be happy about it. Like, I don't, <laughs> it's, it's just this thing where like, you know when you hang around people who like things but only ironically? Yeah. Like yes. it, that's that's when things get on my nerves. Hmm. And and So that's the entire premise of my show. <laughs> exactly. But your show is poking fun at that. Ah, okay, sure. Which is why maybe we can give <laughs> Is yes. it not? <laughs> yes. But we can give haircuts to people on stage if you want. <gasps> maybe that would add to the um you know to the um sure we can add as much yeah. stuff as we want i was thinking of um of just uh i'm a really bad drawer maybe just drawing some stick figures and trying to Ooh. sell them just like yeah. have these pictures up on the wall and sell them for like thousands of dollars that'd be so good yeah we should definitely do that yeah so if anyone's bored and they just want to like doodle and uh Minimum price is a thousand dollars per per picture. Just uh, of course. I mean, we're selling originals here. You know. Thank you. You understand. That's it. This isn't yeah. some crappy gallery. This is the hipster cafe. Yeah. I don't think it's so much. You know, making fun of like you know the whole beat slam spoken word scene, but just like taking those tropes and just kind of having fun with it. You know. Yeah. Oh, I think that's what makes it fun is because it's something that I see as being so serious mm -hmm. that like once you yeah, take something that's that serious and like just play around with it. It can be quite silly. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what like longer form improv is, right? It's sort of taking things that have a format and that can get tropey and sort of breaking it down and then doing it, you know, in the moment, right? That's yeah. what narrative is at least. I think yeah. I think there's also part of us that is like, no matter how cliche some things get, we enjoy seeing familiar tropes. Like when we watch a sports movie, of course we want to see the bad guy, you know, lose. We want to see the good guy find like a coach and succeed. You know, those, it's just fun to see. We want to see that kind of stuff. That's it. If I saw a sports movie about plucky, misfit, plucky misfits who lose at a sport, I'm going to be sad. I would it. watch that though. <laughs> if you ever watch the movie Hot Dog, which is a ski movie from the 80s, you'll want uh, the, the, the villain to win. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. It's it's basically uh, American college kids going up against German men from all, for all intents and purposes in some <laughs> ski competition, and there's a love interest, this American beautiful American blonde girl named Sunny, and the 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 leader of the German uh, villains uh, ended up, I believe, sleeping with her or pretending to sleep with her. And the American guy was looking for her. He goes, where's Sonny? And the German guy in a horrible German accent goes, I had Sonny side up. <laughs> I had Sonny side down. And I had Sonny all the way around. That's awful. And he had, to, for me, I wanted him to win just because of that line because it was beautiful. It's bold, yeah. <laughs> the whole time you were talking, I was trying to come up with a Sonny side up pun yeah. and that was the whole thing that was amazing yeah, it writes wow. itself <laughs> if, if that were me if that was the director i feel like the whole movie was conceived around <laughs> yeah exactly they're like all right i got this great joke let's yeah. build a two-hour movie around it's the only part of the movie i remember <laughs> so that proves the point i just yeah. like that it's called hot dogs but it's about eggs <laughs> Oh, but it's not really about <laughs> eggs either. Yeah. Well, all I know about it is that there's eggs skiing. It's and Germans. Breakfast. It's about breakfast. Yeah. It's a breakfast ski film. So we can take film. away about this. Um, it's all about eggs. That kind of reminds me about, uh, there's a really bad movie that was so bad that my dad remembered, when I told him about it, he remembered it just because it was so bad. Um, so uh, what's the name? Sean Connery was tired of being the... James Bond guy, and he's just shooting people in all his films. So he does this really experimental slash artsy movie called Sardos. Isn't that S a pizzeria? Wait, Sardots? Sardos with a Sardos? Yeah. And in this one, he uh, he's, uh, he's walking around in a red Speedo, in a bullet vest, shooting people, but it's artsy. Well, oh. it's artsy because of the Z at the end. Yes. Well, no, there's... 
Yeah, this is said at the end. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the big he's just like artistically shooting people, and he's like, "What a departure from my regular <laughs> thing." Exactly. Um, Whoa, there. That is quite an outfit. What? Wow. You got it up. I just. Well, I definitely got it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what? No, wait. <laughs> yeah, what? That's okay, that's I Sean wish Connery. you could all see this. That's kind of like a that's like horrifying. an old school banana hammock looking thing. Mm. I don't know. Is that a ponytail? Yeah. Does he have yes, a ponytail, he has a ponytail and a handlebar mustache? That's yeah, a yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. guys, it's available on Blu-ray. Um. So can I? Can I? Can I get like? Spoil the movie? Can I can even spoilers? Please, or? please, so, I'll never so watch Zardos, this. So Zardos, you know Sean Connery's character, he wins at skiing and has sex with a girl named Sunny. <laughs> I had <laughs> Sunny side up. <laughs> Sean Connery. Uh, so the twist is that okay, so 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 they they're in a dystopia and uh, um, Sean Connery's character is like this barbarian, and then there's this utop- utopian society that takes advantage of these barbarians. But one day he finds a really old like burnt down library. And throughout this movie, uh, he's worshiping this god called Sardos. And this is the part my, my dad specifically remembers, because it's what made the movie just even more weird, was that he finds a book in the library, and the book is The Wizard of Oz. And he realizes that Sardos was just, like, the middle of that title. Like Zard Oz. Wizard of Oz. Oh, that took me way too long to understand. <laughs> yeah. That's like mind blowing. Right. So he realizes that the god is fake. He infiltrates this utopia and he kills all of them. Uh, wow. So you keep mentioning your your dad. Uh, have you actually seen this movie or this is, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I have spent like a New Year's Day watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the whole day? How long is it? How long is this movie? <laughs> no, no, like around 11 p.m. So we stop halfway through to, you know, pull out the sparkling glass, have a toast, and then resume watching Sardos. That's a good way to ring in the new year. Yeah, quite the celebration. What's the craziest way you guys have ever rung in the new year? Rang in the new year? Ringed Ooh. in the new year. Uh, wrong. Rung in. I'm going to go with rung in the new year. Kiri? I'm going to go with wrong. You're going to go with wrong? No. Yeah. Wrong? Run. Yeah. I'm going to go with dropping the new year, like it's a mixtape. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What's the best way you've ever dropped a new? And you look like you have a story to tell. No, I'm just thinking, like, I really don't celebrate New Year's at all. I have Not nothing all? nothing oh. interesting to share fair. that I would want recorded. <laughs> oh, wow. I've years. never done anything legal on New Year's Eve. <laughs> well, I mean, for years, you know... I've gone out for New Year's, but it's always a disappointment. You pay way too much to go anywhere. It is. So, like all my really like crazy partying stories, do not revolve. Don't they don't revolve around any set time of the year? It happened to be a mm-hmm. random Tuesday, where you know I happened to end up naked on a park bench, but <laughs> didn't actually happen. That wasn't even a party. It was just <laughs> hot. Yeah, it was hot. <laughs> I wasn't drunk. It was just <laughs> sticky. Well, it's Tuesday today. So what time do you have to go to the <laughs> park bench? Oh, we have time. Okay, oh, sweet. We gotta park a few blocks over. We could go get naked. It's not a good idea. There are children in that park. Oh, I'm not it's allowed not in the park. Okay. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, since since '92, right? Um, I think for me the most memorable experience was you know no wild parties or anything, but just uh, my friends and I renting out the cabin for the weekend of New Year's, and at around you know 11:50 p.m. we walked out to the frozen lake with some glasses. And champagne and just had a toaster in the lake. Toasted Sardos? <laughs> that was two years after Sardos. It really sounds like a pizza place. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, I Sardos keep thinking, place, yeah. Right? Okay, if you walk into a pizza place and the guy making your pizza is dressed like Sean Connery from... <laughs> you're not eating it, right? Run. <laughs> I think that that's like a, a health code violation. I think you need to be wearing more clothing than that to be making pizza. I really hope you need to be wearing more clothing than that. <laughs> Or he needs like a much bigger hairnet. <laughs> oh boy, full body. I don't know why I'm just like all of a sudden picturing Kramer in the shower, like <laughs> washing his vegetables. Oh, God, Jerry, was... Jerry, you gotta you gotta wash your vegetables in the shower, Jerry. <laughs> uh, one time I was working at a camp and uh, I was on dish duty and I had a really thick beard that summer. Like we're talking like several inches past my chin. Extra thick. Super thick. And I had to wear a hairnet over it and it was the worst experience. That was your New Year's? 
No, no, this <laughs> oh. was in the summer. <laughs> okay, so I was like bringing it back to New Year's. <laughs> just like, was there a reason you did this? Well, I had to. It was I had to cover my no, hair. No, no, having the beard in the first place. Oh, um, it started as me seeing if I could grow it for a full year. Wow. Okay. I think I went a little longer than a year. Eventually, it got really gross, and I was like, I need to get rid of this. Did people treat you differently? Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I got called a thug a lot. People thought <laughs> really? I was, really, you know, a biker what? or something. What you have such a little. Baby face. Not when it's got like a five foot beard hanging <laughs> off of it. Was it how, how big was it? Like like six kilometers. <laughs> that, that's what Jesus's issue was. Yeah, he had a beard, so everybody thought he was a thug. That's it. If it wasn't for the beard, he'd still be alive today. That's it. Jesus. Always nice. crucifying bearded men. I blame Judas because, like, at least in <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar, he was clean shaven. Was he? I think so. I think the actor was maybe he had a little stubble, but no, nothing compared to like what Jesus had. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. I always have beard envy. Like I've never, as a as a woman, had penis envy, but like I really, I really sometimes would like. Yeah, I would probably do that. I would see like, how long can I grow my beard? Yeah. I'm doing that with my armpits right now, Sweet. but it's just not as exciting as a right. beard. Yeah, well, well, that's. I mean, it pretty much stopped. It's harder to like show off the armpit hair, right? I just walk around with my arms up all the time, <laughs> just like, check it out. It's some old school Donkey Kong, like... <laughs> oh, like you're just throwing, throwing barrels. barrels. I guess you got barrels at home, you could just walk around with a barrel and over Yeah, your head. I'm like bringing back the boom box and just walking around there we with go. my arm up. You guys know Mad Magazine, right? There yeah. was uh, one, um, I guess, one illustration where, or a series of illustrations where it's Rapunzel and then I forget the guy's name. That's Rapunzel. Rapunzel let down your long, you know, flowing hair. So then the, f- the flowing hair comes down, and the guy's climbing, climbing, climbing. He's all excited. Then he mm-hmm. goes to the top, and he realizes it's her armpit hair <laughs> <laughs> that he's just climbed. It's kind of funny because you're not expecting it. That would hurt that a is, lot. That is part of comedy, the <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> that, that's right. That would be so painful, you know, getting your hair pulled on for, like, however long it takes you to climb a tower. And, like, not just pulled on, but, like, supporting the full weight of, like, a grown man. Like, like I'm assuming the dude's, like, maybe, you know, anywhere from 180 pounds up, right? If he's, like, a prince trying to rescue someone from a tower. No, there was a scrawny nature to the guy, so let's say 150. <laughs> he's a little boy. But still, <laughs> the point is still well taken. Yeah, like, that's too heavy for my armpit, personally. That would be too heavy for my head, even. I'm just like, you know what? I'm oh, good. true. That's going to change a big part of the show then on Sunday. What? Oh, I had some things planned. Oh, my. Going <laughs> to climb my armpit hair? Well, not anymore. <laughs> Sorry, too guys. Bad. We're wearing turtlenecks, so you won't be able to find it. Sorry, okay. guys. So a hipster cafe rendition of Rapunzel will be postponed till further advice. Rapunzel, Rapunzel. <laughs> <laughs> Let down your armpit hair. No. I am a independent woman. I can do whatever I want with my armpit hair. And that's just like feminist, like yelling at the stage. Yeah. My armpit hair is for no one. <laughs> I don't need no man. That's right. I'm in my hair. Let me out of no tower. Yeah, I want to be in this tower. Mm. What's so good about the outside world? Have you seen the news lately? I think I'm pretty happy in my tower with my long armpit hair. Donald Trump's not my president. Not in this my tower. president. <laughs> <laughs> Literally not. We're in Canada. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> that's crazy. That's some crazy stuff. That's some crazy right? shit. Not right? enough people are talking about guys. What's up with not that? Not enough people anyway. are talking yeah. about Donald Trump. <laughs> In this economy, <laughs> oof, I mean, wow. I think it's really interesting being in Canada right now. Um, I think that there's a really big uh, surge in, like, nationalism and, like, Canadian pride just because the United States is doing so terribly that I'm not a huge fan of. I, like, agree that I think, like, yes, we've got lots of things going on better here in Canada, but, like, calm down, Canada. Like, 100 – I'm so sick of people talking about the 150th anniversary of Canada – like, I'm yeah. sorry. We're insufferable dicks. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, you know, sometimes that we just, we're just kind of lucky we don't have certain things that they have down there, but we'll just probably have it in about five years anyway. Hmm. Yeah. 
I saw a casting call for like a commercial celebrating uh, 150 years, um, Canada anniversary, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and they're like, we're looking for all kinds of like unique, diverse people to represent <laughs> Canada. And they're like, um, like a Muslim skateboarder was one of them. Wait, wait, wait. They got specific? They got specific. No. They're oh like, my. these are some examples of what is unique. One of them was no. yeah, a Muslim skateboarder. Um, I can't remember what else. A gay guy who doesn't look that gay but you know he's gay yeah because they tell you yeah um oh god what was it yeah just like an asian person who's driving really well or something i don't We're know not no good at math. i made that one up oh, obviously yeah. but and it's just really stupid but the one yeah. thing that really pissed me off was that um of all of their um examples of unique canadians like they hadn't mentioned any like first nations people yeah. at all and i'm like ah how appropriate like celebrating the fucking colon yeah. colonization um, of stolen land than to not represent all of Canada. I don't know. Yeah, no, anyway. that's ridiculous. And also such a bad move. Like, yeah. I, if you want to do when diverse people... casting, you just do diverse casting. You don't put it out there saying, hey, we need the following list of non-whites. Like, that's a horrible idea. A, a big yeah. part of the issue is uh, the people who get onto these organizing committees mm-hmm. tend not to be diverse themselves. Right. So they need to farm out finding diverse people because they might not be surrounded by a very right. diverse yeah. uh, group of people. Yeah, but I mean, I, th- I still feel like, you know, if you're a casting director and you put out a general casting call... And in the casting call, you can even say, like, we want to be intentionally diverse with our casting for this. So everyone, please apply. That's all you need to do. You don't need a list of, like, specific people that you need to fill. I think it takes more than that, though. Like, you know, especially like after years and, me- years and years of seeing all this Canadian media and not seeing yourself on screen. Mm. Even if you see a casting call for somebody that, you know, like yourself, it's like. I really wish I could find it, though, because they just were so specific in their examples of diverse people. It was weird. It wasn't just like different races of people like gender, uh, whatever, sexual orientation, religion. They were like Muslim skateboarder was one. I just think about, you know, like some of my friends, you know, growing up in Winnipeg, you know, uh, lots of... uh, Immigrant families coming, myself included. And, you know, in high school, I had a lot of friends from a lot of places. You know, my, I had, remember, like, you know, specifically, I had these two really good friends, also really good friends together. You know, one was from Guyana, the other was from China. But I will never turn on the TV and see a show where there's somebody from Guyana and somebody from China just, like, hanging out together. Right. Yeah, and I think that there are there are people who are making an effort with that stuff now. But it's definitely, like... It's taken a long time to get there, and I think it's going to take a long time for it to, like, stop being an issue, you know? Yeah, I, I find especially in Quebec, I've noticed a lot of Quebec television um, is not diverse. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that we don't hear about ever is, like, Quebec is super fucking racist. Yes! Oh, my God, <laughs> it's, thank it's you! Awful. Yes! Like, it's, like, you know, Canada looks at the U.S. and says, oh, well, at least we're better than them. But there are pockets of, like intolerance and hatred everywhere uh, I, I guess I actually put a post uh, posted on somebody's Facebook uh, a comment on somebody's Facebook post today talking about racism in the states and how there was this article that said basically uh, people felt culturally threatened in the states and that's why they voted for for Trump I personally think that there's racism everywhere hmm. uh, Canada is actually quite a racist country mm-hmm. um, there's actually if you just take a look at Canada's immigration laws uh, over, you know, the last century and a half, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd know, like, we're, we're you know, we're, we're pretty fucking racist. Yeah. And the only thing that really changes is economic well-being. Mm. When people have economic well-being, their racism just doesn't manifest itself because they have more to lose. The moment, you know, people feel more threatened in the material aspects of life or just survival, then those more nativist attitudes come out. But yeah, I, I think, yes, is Quebec a racist society? Yes, maybe, but no more than, than the rest of Canada or the rest of, I think, the Western world. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think the, the I would argue that, that Quebec like, is more racist than most other provinces of Canada. I think things might not manifest themselves in the same way, but scratching the, scratching the surface, I think there's racism pretty much throughout. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's I would weird, say like, there's a high concentration in the <laughs> province of Quebec. Yeah, it, it, like, I think 
if I'm understanding what you're saying, Kiri, it, it sounds like what you mean is just like probably it is exactly as racist as everyone else. It's just louder about it. It, it could very well be. I haven't lived. I mean, I've been right. outside of, of of Montreal, obviously, but I haven't lived for any you know length of time outside. Sure. Yeah. So I wouldn't be able to speak to it. It's just that talking to people who are from other places and visiting other places, you just kind of realize that a lot of a lot of these nativist attitudes or any type of discriminatory attitudes tend to manifest themselves uh, more often and more loudly when people aren't doing as well. Uh, and and I think I just think that that speaks to um, how when things are going well, people don't want to rock the boat. Hmm. But the moment things aren't going well, then there's less to lose. Do you think that we'll be able to shift away from those kind of like you know from taking on those nativist views, you know, as the world continues, you know, growing and generations? take over older generations will be become less racist as a people i i personally think that it's i think so but not in our lifetimes hmm. uh, and you guys are young so that, that's a long time from now but i don't think so uh, i think it'll take i do think it'll take a, a lot longer i think donald trump's just gonna blow up the world <laughs> It's true. We've got like max four years left before yeah, we get new. I mean, anyway. racism <laughs> is never going to end because the world is going to end very soon. Just throwing that out there. That's like today I got my, I went into the passport office to apply for my passport. And the lady was like, do you want the five year or the 10 year? And I said 10 years. And then I got home and realized I'm not going to be alive in 10 years. What's the point? I should have gone with five. <laughs> do you pay more for the 10 years? Yeah, it's like 40 bucks. Wow, that's 40 bucks you could have spent on like coke or something yeah, yeah exactly because yeah. the world's ending that's it. yeah you live know. for the now i'm it's actually um sorry i made me realize that i've um i'm trying to find a balance between um living like there's no tomorrow and living like uh there's just an infinite number of tomorrows mm. oh. i'm i'm on the latter end right now where i'm just like that's okay. I didn't get anything done today, but you know what? There's always tomorrow. But are you dancing like there's nobody watching? <laughs> always. Are you singing like there's nobody listening? No. Are you falling in the forest when no one is around? But did I really fall? <laughs> did you make a sound? Did I make a sound? For what it's worth, I don't think the world's going to end anytime soon. That's fair. I think so, too. I think that it will have ended already. I, I think uh, I think I just want it to end soon. I think I'm just tired of everything, and I'm like, you know what? We've had a good run. Yeah. To uh, to quote, I think a Beaverton article. I think they said the article was like, uh, you know, creators of the world admit that they gave up a few seasons ago and are now just making stuff up on the spot. Kind of yeah. like Lost. <laughs> Aww. Too soon. Too yeah. Too soon, man. I never got into Lost, and I'm very happy about it. Law, that's yeah. the reason why I dropped out of university. That's why I failed. Lost? That's why. I, <laughs> yeah, because well, okay, of the wait, last wait. episode of Lost. No, 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 no. no. Um, <laughs> like, that's was, the reason why I failed my my major in my first year of university. One of the reasons was because a friend got me really into Lost, and then we oh, just have Lost no. marathons, and I uh, wouldn't sleep, <laughs> wouldn't go to class. I thought just you were saying like, like Lost being bad at the end made you fail. Yeah. Yeah, it, I just took it really hard, and I went on a bender, and I was like, oh, lost, that's not how it was supposed to end. Yeah, yeah when I was in school, we didn't have TV. Did you did you uh, get addicted to true. the radio? <laughs> the, the gramophone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't, I need to study for this uh, Latin course, but I've got to listen to my show on the gramophone. Luckily, everybody spoke Latin at the time, so I was just getting it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that was the common that was the commonly used language back in Absolutely, the day. Yeah. When, so, when was that? The eighties. Ninety-two. Was the world in full color, or was everything still black and white? Oh, still black and white. Actually, there was some gray, oh. but it was frowned upon. Okay, because you had to choose. <laughs> yeah, there's only so many shades of gray that you can choose from. There are, in fact, fifty shades of gray. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there in fact Fifty Shades of Grey or was that just a really good title? Was well, it a really good? <laughs> I, I guess I should fix that. Yeah, is it is it that there were Fifty Shades and the person who wrote it was like, oh, that would be a good title, or did they just I make up Fifty? I love that we can Google things. Yeah. How many shades of grey are there? If I'm interested in a woman and I see that she's reading Fifty Shades of Grey, or she tells me she's reading it and really likes it, or she's read it and liked it, I am instantly not interested. Hmm. 
Oh, I think they did a study about that actually, about things that uh, are automatic, like general turnoffs for people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, I think Twilight is one of them. Like, uh, I people don't are less Twilight. likely to have, uh, someone's less likely to talk to you uh, if they see that on your dating profile. Because like Twilight? You're a loser. Yeah. Apparently, uh, having cats is also um, mm. a bit. And yet, I get laid all the time. <laughs> your cats don't count. My cat is literally in my profile picture. <laughs> First picture. Dumb. I guess it's different with like lesbians. I, I we think all that's ha- it. We all have cats. We all love cats. I'm like yeah. weirded out when a woman doesn't like cats, and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to do with this information. I'm, I'm weirded out when people don't like cats in general, but I understand not <laughs> wanting to have one. Because I I love cats, but I'm I'm happy to not have one currently. I feel the same way with children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, that's it. Because because I feel like. And I guess now I'm in a space where, like, it's a big fucking house. We could have a cat if the landlord was cool with us having a cat. Mm. But back at my last place where I could have a cat, uh, it was too small to put a litter box anywhere. And I knew if I got one, the house would smell like cat piss all the time. And that's yeah. a big problem. Like, It's yeah. like a used bookstore. Yeah, that's it. Mm. And it's like, I like cats. Do used bookstores smell like cat piss? Sometimes. Used bookstores smell like cat urine, yes. Especially if cats live in them, which happens fairly often. often. Yeah. But even when they don't, actually. Yeah? A, a lot of, there's this place, actually the one on Saint Laurent, um, not too far from the theater. Oh, yeah, that one is a safety hazard. And there's no cats in there, as far as I know. But maybe it's, it's haunted by the ghost of several cats or something. But it literally, like, I get, like, a, a, a contact headache right away. Like, I walk in, like, boom, and it, I have it for a day. I wonder if it's just that, like, because they're used books, they come from people's houses, and, like, maybe there's a correlation, like, People who have cats also are the type of people who give away books to use bookstores more often. I don't know. I feel like it'd be the other way around. People who are developing this bond with cats will also be able to like hold on to other stuff as well, such as books. Ooh, maybe. Yeah, it's a very like Grey Gardens thing, just like hoarding, How many hoarding people? cats and all newspapers and. As in, have we all have we all seen gray gardens? I was going to ask gardens. how many shades of gray are in the garden. Oh, I Ooh, found a study that nice says um, apparently the human eye is only capable of seeing thirty hues between black and white. Claims scientists, but I don't like to read the whole article, so I'm just going to go with that as fact based on the title of the article. I mean, what do scientists know about color or anything really? Or anything, or anything really? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Science. <laughs> I think the science that people don't get is that every measurement is not exact. There's always like a margin of uncertainty to everything that you measure. Gabe is a scientist. Oh no, we just insulted the scientist. <laughs> you can't tell right now, but there's a tear coming down my eye. Gabe is smart enough to know that we were being ironic. Scientists don't cry. Stop lying. Yeah, scientists <laughs> are incapable of crying. I read that in a scientific study. <laughs> Yeah, scientists claim scientists can't cry. That was probably written by a scientist who was hurt. Yeah, removes tear ducts with a scalpel without any anesthetic. Ah. Ooh. Man, I don't like looking at scalpels doing scalpel things. Can you look at a scalpel that's just like chilling on a table? <laughs> if it's just hanging out, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Okay. What if it's hanging precariously over something very soft and fleshy? Uh, if it's hanging, yeah. What if it's fine. like dangling? What if yeah. it's like slightly moving back and forth? Like, like a if pendulum? the wind, yeah. Like if the wind caught it, it could, you know, maybe oh. fly and hit you in the eye. Or a cat. Wait, what? <laughs> a cat hanging or? It's dangling above a cat. It's dangling above a cat. Okay. That, see, if it's if it's above, that's fine. It's as soon as it like, as soon as it starts touching. I have issues. Sorry, okay. but I, I missed something. What is the thing that is dangling? Uh, a scalpel. <laughs> it's scalpel. Oh, a scalpel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because not knowing what the thing that was dangling was, I wasn't able to, like, you know. So to clarify, it is a scalpel hanging over a live cat. It is a small medical knife dangling over a feline who is living. <laughs> P- potentially in a used bookstore. Probably in a used Ooh. bookstore. Seems like the type of place you might do a cat surgery. Um, for the- <laughs> and if you don't know how to do it, you can just get the book out. And That's it. And follow the instructions. Find it. Yeah, book surgery for dummies. So you decided to become a cat surgeon. <laughs> Cutting up cats, your first opening. Welcome to the cat hospital. <laughs> so first we're going to take a scalpel. We're going to dig it into the cat's flesh. It will bleed everywhere. That's normal. 
just going to take a little paper towel and scoop up the blood. Yeah. Now you're going to notice that the organs of a cat are placed similarly to that of a human. We don't know. They're pretty Science similar. hasn't told us yet. You'll also notice the cat struggling a little bit, but only at first. <laughs> like it's, all that. Be- it's all better now. <laughs> just place a little pillow. We're just going to place a little pillow over the cat's head. Just fine. Just the a cat pillow. is dead, but that's... That was that's what we wanted to do in the first place. Tom, at the end of the podcast, are you going to say that no actual cats were harmed during the uh, recording of this podcast? Well, that cat sounded more like a cow, to be fair. I can't make those kinds of promises. There's still another 10 minutes left. We, we can't guarantee that no cats will be harmed. Let's just say that we do not condone uh, operating on cats without uh, proper licensing. Yeah, if you didn't go to vet school, don't cut a cat. Yeah. Don't um, cut a cat. Yeah, don't don't do that. Uh, go see a psychiatrist because you probably are a, a psychopath. Well, hang on, because what if your cat like clearly swallowed something and you just are in a moment of like, okay. oh, my cat's gonna die. I need to fix it, right? Then no. you're not a psychopath. You're just no. wrong. But if you like just going about being like, hey, you know what I feel like doing today? Yeah, Cutting open that. some cats. Jack was a quiet boy. You know, he didn't bother anybody, but then he started getting to the cats. Well, we knew he was trouble from that point on, and now there's a bunch of people buried in the backyard. And that's what all I got. With with all the cats. <laughs> with the cats. It's just yeah. a pile of people and cats. Oh, man. I've been watching a lot of Hannibal lately. Oh, yeah? Um, Does he use a scalpel in that one, or...? I haven't seen. Well, any he uses of it yet. Uh, several. I mean, basically, his whole method of harvesting. Uh, he used to be a surgeon, and then he becomes a psychiatrist, and he's just like, yeah, you know, removing people's organs and eating them. Uh, and then uh, just all the like uh, sort of guest uh, psychopaths that they investigate throughout the series are also very elaborate and disturbing. Uh, a lot of bodies sewn together in uh. like large statues and stuff. <laughs> why was I talking about this? It's terrible. I don't know why I'm watching it. I have a question, actually. Um, oh, yeah, psychopaths. You know the uh, – is a criminal intent – Criminal Minds? Criminal, criminal Minds, minds. yeah. CSI criminal Minds. Law and order. Yeah, um, no, no, no. Uh, criminal <laughs> Minds, the one that with the, the FBI the, with, that has all this, follows all the serial killers. And a lot of the criticism of the show oh, is. Oh, no, that's, that's CSI. That's CSI. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's because, like, Horatio, when he has, he's, he has yeah. his own, like, glasses on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. I like to be interrupted. I interrupt so criminal minds. The criminal minds. So a lot of the complaints are well. It's obviously very violent against women and 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 just basically, um, a lot of the violence is said to be gratuitous. Uh, would I've never seen Hannibal? Is that show, would does that get to anything that's different from Criminal Minds gets to? Uh, it's way more gory, and there's hmm. a lot more cannibalism. <laughs> Okay. Um, but it's it's but really not like, like psych- infinitely more because I'm pretty sure that there's some episodes of Criminal Minds of some cannibals. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it's it's a different style of show. It's not it's not really a procedural in that sense. Okay. Uh, so it's really focusing on the relationship between this um, FBI like profiler and uh, Hannibal Lecter, who is his psychiatrist. Okay, and it's more more about their relationship and how they're both insane. Um, That's fun. Is it tied to the uh, Anthony Hopkins movie? Yeah, it sort of, I guess, takes place before that. It would be set in the realm before that. Okay. Cool. So it's like a yeah. hotel. It's like a hotel, Bates Hotel sort of idea. Yeah. One thing that sort of reminded me when you said Criminal Minds and then I thought you said CSI <laughs> was that my friend, we were watching CSI and he was like, as a child, um, he's like, I think I learned about every like kink and uh, like fetish it ever existed from watching CSI, uh, which was CSI Las Vegas, the original. The original. Yeah, because it's true. You watch it, like they get into some, you know, like the plushy episode. I saw that as a kid, and I did not know what a plushy yeah. was. But by the end of that episode, I got a pretty good idea of what people do. What's a plushy? Some. Oh no, a is a furry plushy furry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, furry. Okay, yeah, because I was. Thinking we said plush, you thought of a teddy bear, and I thought, oh no, this episode has people. Oh no, sorry, furry. Yeah, where <laughs> okay. they dress up in uh, animal costumes right. and and have. Sex. You know, how, like people oh, go gosh. to like raves and parties, and they're all like. Like those mascot, like full on yeah. animal. Like the costumes. beginning of what does the fox say? The video. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like that. The little fursuits. There was also one episode where they put on, <laughs> where they put on like full on human, uh, like a body. I don't know, like a latex body, but it's like. Ah, no. Yeah, like a <laughs> latex face and they call them like doll, like something dolls or whatever. Like it's just creepy, creepy, no. creepy, creepy stuff. Oh, God. CSI. Yeah, yeah, no, my my family, we quit watching CSI, I think Miami, after the one episode where these thieves wait for a tidal wave to flood the whole city, so they go into a boat and rob the bank. We just could not <laughs> suspend our disbelief any further. I kind of like that, though. Your family stopped watching the show because of that? Yeah. That's funny. Like, the same thing happened, I think, with, like, 24, like... <laughs> Well, that show is just unreasonable. No one gets that much done in 24 hours. My my personal episode, like series of uh, 24, would just be so boring. Most of it would be me sleeping. I think it's like 14 hours of me just in bed. Get up, like take a piss, eat eat a sandwich, lie there watch, looking at Facebook, watch for a Hannibal while on Facebook. Yeah, people look at me that like ironically, you know, like. Kind of like a, you know, like a tongue-in-cheek, like, huh, oh, you know, it's boring, but that's like the joke of the show. Oh, it's true. That probably someone would be able to market that really well. It's so real. Oh. Young adults doing <laughs> jack shit all day. I, um, I recently had a pop-up. Okay, so you know, like, it's like the webcam, like, model thing, right? That you get those pop-ups for them sometimes. I got a pop-up that was just webcams of people in their home. It's like a voyeurism, oh, like, no. I didn't know that was a thing. That's and so I, I I, had to look at it. It was crazy. <laughs> okay. So you, like, uh, it's different couples, and, like, certain rooms are free, and then you can, like, pay, I guess, to see all the rooms in their house. But it was weird. There was just, like, a couple, like, sitting in their living room watching TV, and then you go. it goes to the next one. There's, like, a couple just, like, eating dinner at the table. And, like, people... They just put cameras everywhere in their homes, and people just watch them. Oh, man. It's like volunteering to be on The Truman Show. Yeah. Oh, shit. Which is, you know. That's crazy. I feel like there was an episode of, uh, have have any of you guys seen Happy Endings? No. It was a short-lived TV comedy. Yes. It's so good. It was really good. Uh, And there's one episode where one of the girls gets a new roommate who uh, does that and, like, sets up a bunch of cameras around the house. And the girl's just like, yeah, I don't know. She just, you know set up a bunch of cameras, it's for work or something, I don't really care, and then later finds out that it's because she's on one of these websites and people are watching everything she does in her house and then finds out that they get ad revenue from it if enough people are watching, so she starts doing things like shirtless and, you know, inviting extra people over to make it more interesting. I was like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I'm filming this right now. Um. <laughs> You're turning your life into like a reality show, like Big Brother. That's it, yeah. What, they... Or maybe it's because it was just like the they want to get you to pay for it or whatever. Right. But no one was doing anything interesting. That's the no. thing. Well, they course. were just sitting there watching TV. And I'm like, who who cares? It's because you, you think you might see something exciting. Ooh, it's like the fire. Totally, you yeah. have a lot of time on your hands. They're to building just, suspense. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I have friends who would marathon the, the fireplace channel waiting for the moment where the hand pokes away. <laughs> oh, no. I did that. You <laughs> do. I love the hand. Right? <laughs> The so hand is the unsung the, hero of Christmas time. Yes, that exactly. was the best part of Christmas vacation was just not having to go to school, watching the fireplace channel, and cheering when the guy changes the log. It's like my dad who uh, puts it on the weather channel waiting for like to get to Montreal. And like, Dad, I've got my phone. I can tell you <laughs> right now. No, it's the channel. It's going to get there. And yeah. it, it's like this, uh, I guess it's like the OCD thing. He has to see it. To be able to look away. Yeah, well, and there's something exciting about like knowing that something will at some point happen. It's the the box on the screensaver, the DVD screensaver. Sometimes goes in the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah that never happened to me. But I remember the episode of The Office where that happens. <laughs> <laughs> They're all watching it behind Michael during a business meeting. It's just like paying attention to the logo. They're not caring what he's saying. And they all just cheer when it happens. And Michael thinks that they're cheering for him. There, there's something um, very. Um, satisfying about something random happening that we like Mm -hmm. like i grew up like you know listening to the radio like music for me was the radio and didn't buy a lot of music when i was a teenager so when my favorite song came on the radio 
because I had no control over it, I was the happiest motherfucker right. in the world. And like it made my day. Um, and I think we, we lose that by having access to everything so mm-hmm. easily now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's so easy to give ourselves gratification that it kind of stops being gratification after a while. Yeah, yeah. that's actually, homework. that's what I like about the new Metro. The uh, <laughs> the fancy new ones that they've started circulating. Yeah. What about you? It? Never know when you're gonna catch you it. You never right? know when you're gonna get it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, It's like a fun treat. You're like, oh, I'm riding on the space mobile today. I caught it twice today. Me too. It was I'm really exciting. Twi- yeah. Oh. Maybe you. Maybe we were on the same one and didn't even realize it. Maybe. Was it first thing this morning? In a phone call. Yeah. Who's calling Kiri? You have to tell us now. It is um, uh, an accountant uh, that I'm <laughs> working on a file with. Um, that is so not as juicy as I wanted it to Yeah, be. I was hoping, honestly, it was going to be Sean Connery. Like, I heard what you said on the podcast. <laughs> no, actually, Sean Connery just, like, you know, sexted me. <laughs> <laughs> it's my ex-wife's twin sister's husband. <laughs> I just wanted it to be your mom so I could laugh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> there it is. Oh, that's his mom. <laughs> I'm sorry about the interruption caused by my phone. That's okay. It happens. Um, but what you're saying, yeah, what gratification? It also makes me think about all these things that are always happy, you know, no matter how, ma- how, how many times they do happen, because we don't choose when they happen. Like, uh, I was down in Arizona, you know, a few weeks ago, and I get to see a sky full of stars at night. And as a kid, that always, you know, fascinates me. And to this day, it still does, you know? And we aren't you like an astronomer or something? Yes. Yes. Cool, he really followed that through. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's a star boy. I finally met somebody who's like following their passion. That's like so weird. I thought it was like a unicorn. No, no. I think astronomers are basically the, the people who, you know, as a kid, they, they seem like a meteorite or like uh, the Aurora Borealis. And they were just so infatuated by it that they just kind of kept it in their minds. Mm-hmm. And growing up, you know, getting to school, at some point they realized, you know what, space is really cool. Why... I should get. I should do more with it. I should study it. I should just do it. Space is really cool. Space is also terrifying. It might be where the future of humanity is, according to Andy. Yeah. Because the world yeah, is, the world is end. ending. The world oh, is yeah. ending. So true. But I also have the fear that you know, say we will follow Elon Musk and we go to Mars, we're just gonna have an Earth 2.0 where we blow ourselves up again eventually. Right. Mars Trump. Oh no, it's going to be more orange. It's going to be red. <laughs> That's going to be a flaming hot Cheeto. Uh, did you, oh man, did you guys see this? Uh, I saw this on Twitter earlier a video of a girl who made an art installation um, out of flaming hot Cheetos. It's like 30,000 of them or something. Just covered a room, like all the How do you do that and not eat them all? (laughs) The the best part is in the video, she's like talking about her thing. And I noticed at some point her lips are super orange. (laughs) Oh, so she was snacking while she was making it. There's no way you can have 30,000 Cheetos and not occasionally be like, you know what? That's it. Like at first I thought it was just an unflattering shade of lipstick because, you know, those happen. But then I looked and I was like, wait, (laughs) that's Cheeto dust. Uh, I'm just picturing like a line of lipstick that's flaming hot Cheeto. I'm sure it exists. That's yeah. got to at least be like a, what are those like? Uh, anyone glitter? Anyone uh, anyone use those? I don't know what balm? I mean. Lips. Lip? There we go. Like a balm. Balm. <laughs> like not lipstick, but the other one you put on your lips. Or gloss. There's glosses. Gloss. There's bombs, balm. There's lipsticks. Yeah. Stick, don't ask me how I know. Stick gloss. Balm. Uh, there's also like the. Liner uh, paint now. They is call there them like lip now. paint? Is it like permanent? Uh, a lip stain <laughs> as well is a thing. A lip stain. Yeah. It protects from humidity. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, man. Well, only you you wood, the wood on your patio. <laughs> I feel like this is not the best. Yeah, I don't feel like we're the experts. On, I feel like yeah, I feel like protecting lipstick. from humidity isn't it like the opposite of a lip balm? Normally, people don't listen to me, so this is all very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do, yeah. Kiri? You have to back up all the weird shit you're saying now. Yeah. No, Kiri, I question everything. He's that's a scientist. The last time, that's the last time I get on this podcast with a scientist. <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I'm supposed to make stuff up and not be challenged. Mm. Wait, I thought you're supposed to make stuff up and always be challenged. Isn't your whole job just arguing with people? Are you challenging me? Yes. Uh, I am also a lawyer. Just kidding. I'm unemployed. 
anyway. Yeah, so uh, I was just thinking about um, what we're talking about earlier. Yeah, which, back to what you were saying about, yeah, like the songs on the radio. Um, is there like, you know, one particular song that even to this day, if it comes on, you're like, yeah, this is this is it. Yes. Oh. I question that, Kerry. What is it? <laughs> Come on, Eileen from Dexie's Midnight Runners. Happiest song ever. Love it. Oh. You should put it on right now. I don't know if I've got the rights. No, you, no, not on the podcast, but people listening at home. Oh, yeah. the, the dozens yeah, of yeah. you. Yeah, guys, yeah. stop listening to the show. We'll wait for you. Go listen to Come On, Eileen. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back in three to five minutes to give you enough of a window to listen to the whole song. The song varies in, in length of time from three <laughs> minutes to five minutes, depending on who's playing it and when. I was hardcore thinking if I had a song, but I don't. Do you What's have your song? song? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it's going to have to be a Sympathy for the Devil. Mm. I can't do the sound. What's the? How does that one start? Uh, it kind of has a kind of like a what's that instrument called? Like a very like drum, you know, like a drumming, but like a, like a shake, like a, like a tambourine sound to it. Oh yeah, okay. We are no. all air drumming right now. <laughs> I've been air tambourine. For I have my <laughs> arms folded because I'm not proving any of this. <laughs> no, it yeah, and it's there's like animal noises. But clearly made by Mick Jagger's mouth. Please allow <laughs> me to introduce myself. Yeah, etc. Okay, yes. there we go. That's Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. What, what's struggling ah, you? Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, I believe I was alive when this came out. Wow. But maybe just barely. That's there you fair. have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have a real old, old person, person. <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, speaking Latin. What about you, uh, Tom? Any song that uh, song that like I get super excited when I hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like. <laughs> oh no! I really like loving, touching, squeezing. <laughs> it's a dirty That's a song. That's a great song. It's great. It's got that dun 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 dun. It's great. It's it's got this really good feeling to it. It's kind of slow ballady, you know. It's funny that uh, the two of you didn't choose more contemporary songs. Do I grew up listening to Shom, so I had a lot of like classic rock mm. upbringing. Okay. And I'm also awful, so I love Journey. <laughs> I think a lot of songs for me have some nostalgic value that really take me back to to the time and place. Like listening to the Beatles takes me back to, you know, driving to school in my mom's car and playing the Beatles there. But then Sympathy for the Devil, I think, is not attached to a particular epoch. So it's just like generally fun. Yeah, great song. Does everyone else's mom only listen to like four CDs? Because I've met several people whose moms only listen to like four CDs. Mm. My mom is... um, ABBA's greatest hits. Yeah, my mom too. Cat yeah. <laughs> um, Stevens' greatest yeah. hits. Nice. The Magnolia soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. uh, the Beatles, uh, that like deluxe volume one and two package. Nice. That counts oh, as two. Uh, no, sorry. Um, I'll make it five. And the Stand By Me soundtrack as well. Those are the five uh, CDs that were always played in my house. That's a great house. mix. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that most, at least from my experience in Winnipeg, most suburban households have. Probably by law, have a Michael Jackson, a Queen, a Beatles, and an ABBA CD. Yeah. 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 I don't have ABBA or Michael Jackson. Well, then you got you to gotta move out. Yeah, sure. But I live there. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Kiri. Like, this is like government law. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just repeating what they told me. All households must have at least one Michael Jackson and one ABBA yeah. CD. But I have Queen. Queen what was the other one? Beatles? Enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely have Beatles. Beatles. Yeah, we, I had a lot of ABBA, a lot of Bob Marley, a lot of Queen, <laughs> Springsteen, lots of Springsteen, Bruce, and Johnny Cash. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite Bruce song? Uh, Bruce. Ooh, that's hard. I really like all of them. I really like Glory Days. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I love I love Springsteen's sort of like aggressively American like yeah. period. That, that's my karaoke song. Nice. Yeah. My karaoke song is Don't Stop Me Now and Meat Love Stuck as well. I'm, uh, Old or new? Or I would new. do anything for love. Nice. Um, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I'm also, <laughs> there's this one Jim Steinman song that he wrote for Meat Loaf. And Meat Loaf was like, this is the most beautiful song I've ever heard. And then Jim Steinman changed his mind and was like, actually, I'm going to get Celine Dion to record it instead. Uh, <laughs> and it took like 20 years for him to finally let Meat Loaf record it. Um, <laughs> and I'm playing here on the name right now. Do you remember the name of the song? Is it like uh, it's all coming back to me my, now? Okay, there we go. 
That's the name of the song, or the name of the song's coming back to you now? Both. Oh, okay. yes, yes, of course. Wait, I remember, what? Yes. That was supposed to be Meatloaf's song? Yeah. Well, because for a long time, Steinman like only wrote for Meatloaf, basically. And then at some point, he was like, ah, I'm going to write for some other people. And they had a big fight over it. They got wow. over it. But Total Eclipse of the Heart, I think, is also Steinman. And he wrote oh. for someone else. Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, for Bruce, like I think Cover Me, the same album, is great. Mm. Um, Everybody's Got a Hungry Heart. Yes. Great, great, great song. And I love Brilliant Disguise. Nice. Yeah, I think, uh, anyway, for those who like Bruce. Me? Well, let's uh, turn around this conversation. <laughs> that was great. Great transition, courtesy of Gabriel. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Great, great. Well done. Well, you guys, we've hit our hour mark. Uh, any closing thoughts, closing remarks before we wrap the, the show? Um, no, this has been great. Uh, come to Hipster Cafe this Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Bring your moms. Moms are free because it's Mother's Day. Also, bring your moms. <laughs> Not that. Yeah, that sounded that sounded like a come on. No. That was very quagmire from uh, Family Guy. It's like, and he bring your moms. Yeah. Giggity. <laughs> no, no. This is, guys, this is like a Nirvana party. Just come as you are. Because... It's, you know, the, what song is that? Anyways, anyways. <laughs> now we're going to do an eclipse of Gabriel's mic. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around. Uh, where can people find you guys on the internet if you want to be found? Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter and Pinterest, actually. So Whoa. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at Gabe Nitsky. And um, you can probably look up Gabriel Chernitsky on Pinterest. I'm always looking for the latest in uh, vegan recipes. So if you want to do a little trade of recipes, I'd be more than happy to. Sweet. I, I'm my only online presence is really like Facebook, and that's cool. You can follow me, I guess. Kyriakos Vanikiotis. I don't do anything exciting. Sweet. And Andy. I don't want to be found on the internet, but I can be. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like what do I I don't know I have an Instagram that's just mostly pictures of me and my cat uh, Bo Pandy Inc that's my uh, company name for all that stuff that I don't do is it's Bo Pandy Inc sweet yeah. we've also set up cameras uh, that follow Andy around in her apartment uh, <laughs> so you can just uh, go online and uh, you know uh, www.andylive.com we strapped GoPros to every side of her cat <laughs> <laughs> Like every side, like you can see like an eight dimensional, you know, those Google like 3D, like zoom sphere things. Yeah. It's like that with a cat. Yeah. I don't know how you've never noticed. They're I, everywhere. I, your cat I is covered not. in GoPros. We replaced <laughs> your cat with a drone. But it's protecting the cat from scalpels, though. So it's true. You got that. that to thank us for. And you guys can follow the show at Down With Talking on Twitter. And uh, yeah, check out Hipster Cafe on Sunday. Woo, All woo. four of us will be there. Yay. Woo. Thank you. Rate and review the show on iTunes if you haven't already, and share this with a friend who doesn't listen to the show, because if you don't, you're dead to me. <laughs> Beautiful. That was fun, guys. Yeah, I like the aggressive, or else you're dead to me. No. <laughs>